millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Hi. Internet. We are back. It's Friday, May 14th, 2021. I just gave the date like a principal. That was good. And no, I, I just, didn't know the date until you said it. So yeah. I, uh, not that it's important because you could be listening to this. I'm going to take a stab here, okay? I'm going to say April 8th, 2024. Okay. Damn. You think the internet's still gonna be around? around oh, I then? do. I yeah. do. And if someone, if if someone is listening to the show in that two two year eleven month window, definitely, <laughs> just, definitely reach out. Uh, just let I mean, me I'm know. I'm sure we'll still have the the email right. Startacult at gmail dot com. Oh, we yeah. are starting a cult, by the way. That's Grant up Jake. That's true. That's that's what we do. I uh, yeah. I just want to see. I bet you someone will be listening to the show at that point. That'd in time. be cool. This specific episode. That'd be nice. But we are back this week with something a little bit different. Instead of talking about things that are, you know, uh, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try to make up a word here or use it incorrectly. Okay. okay perfect. Heretical. <laughs> like having uh, the. I I would assume that the definition would be like having similar effects to heresy, 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 heretical. You know, you're a heretic, but I'm a heretical. If that's not a word already, I just made it up, and I'm gonna use that. <laughs> uh, we're talking, yeah. Instead of doing an episode where we talk about, you know, maybe this happened and this is someone's story, we're gonna talk about something that most certainly did happen. And is studied even to this day because of pretty much being one of the most historical fuck-ups there has ever been. Yeah, very much so. First um, time it ever happened. Yeah, and that is just uh, that is just great. It is <laughs> fantastic. It's great for everyone involved. But we are talking about Chernobyl. The Chernobyl disaster. Indeed we are. Now, before we get in, I think there's two important things to note. Uh, Jake and myself, we are in no way scientists, okay? So bear with us. No. Um, if there is something wrong with what we say uh, about, you know, certain things or even mispronouncing words that we're going to try to 
tackle here later in the episode. Yeah. yeah. Don't make fun of us because we are not scientists. Either correct us nicely or keep it to yourself, kid. Yeah, exactly. You know. Um, but, but we would it, like corrections. Yeah, we definitely would. Because, again, we're not scientists. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about. This is just what we've read. Yeah, we like to All learn. Right? We do this show because we like to learn. That's like that's what true. that's what we're here doing. We have a hunger for knowledge. How'd you like that? That Those was new good. Intro. That was real sassy. I like that. But from what I understand, you have something you want to talk about before we get into Chernobyl itself, eh? That I do because I think it's important for us to understand not only historically how we have dealt with radiation. But that when we started actually harnessing the power of radiation, we kind of were reckless with it a little bit. You know, I I just, you might not believe that, right? But I'm going to tell you a little story. If you're getting some power, you're going to want to be reckless. You know, if if we came into like a million dollars immediately. Yeah, I guess. How much do you think of that would be just gone within a week? A good chunk. A good chunk of it. And then we'd be like, wait a minute. So anyway, yeah, nuclear power, same deal. I agree. Uh, Okay, so from 1917 to 1926, there was a company called the U.S. Radium Corporation. Okay? So the U.S. Radium Corporation, or it was originally titled the Radium Luminous Material Corporation. But that name didn't have much flash (laughs) on it. It's a bit on the nose, yeah. Yeah, it did not have much flash. So what they did, and again, uh, excuse me if this is a rudimentary explanation, uh, but they, pretty much all they did was they extracted purified radium from carnitite ore, and by doing this, they were able to create luminous paint, or glow-in-the-dark paint, just very bright, glowing paint. How fun. That's That sounds nice. Uh-huh. So... They were able to make this. Now, this is where we're going to talk about the Radium Girls. I think you have an idea where this is going. It sounds like a band. So, no, they were female factory workers who contracted horrible radiation poisoning from using this illuminated paint from this company. Um, this was not a isolated incident. It happened all around the country. And then there was one occurrence in Canada as well. So this happened in pockets of the world. And what we're dealing with here is these women were hired to paint. That's what they were doing. They you got to paint. They were Sometimes painting. you got to paint. Um, now, admittedly, I'm in no way saying that this is their fault because I'm on, I'm on the lady's side on this one. But there are... There are things I've read and resources that have stated, again, I don't know how true it is, that these women enjoyed the paint so much that they just would start having fun with it. Well, in one instance, uh, the woman painted her private parts to surprise her husband later that night. Because then when she'd take her pants off, they would glow. With oh, that's kind of fun. It's like a Burning Man sort of thing, like glow sticks. You yeah. Know? That's kind of cool, um, in theory. Another one said that they would they used to put it in their teeth so when they'd smile at each other it would be you know glow in the dark teeth. But as we can, as we can figure out uh the individual companies that these ladies worked for were definitely not telling them the truth. Uh they said that the paints were completely harmless 
and that you know it was just regular old paint. You do whatever you want with it. I don't see an issue with you <laughs> they, putting they, it. They in really your took mouths. that. Do whatever you want with it to heart, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Um. So. Yeah, so these women got really fucking sick. Um, I'd imagine, yeah. Yeah. You can't do that with normal paint. Like, what <laughs> What was the logic here? I don't know. But in 1928, uh, they began the process of suing. Okay, so they, they ended, long story short, the Radium Girls ended up winning the case. Uh, only, it was a group of five women that led the case against this uh, company, and that company is United States Radium Corporation. Again, not a flashy name. Not a flashy name. Better than the old one, though. But uh, they did end up winning the suit, but only two of them had survived long enough to be there when the case was settled. Sounds about right, yeah. Um, the, a lot of them, they, they struggled with similar symptoms to, that we'll talk about later. Uh, things that happen in the mouth, gum and tooth damage. Yep. Uh, horrible, horrible skin lesions, uh, and all around just painful death. Yeah. Just yeah. absolute painful death. Just not death. good stuff. But yeah, so we'll, t- we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the radiation sickness later when we get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get there. But the reason I bring this up is because it was very important in our understanding of how we interact with radiation and that it can be useful but it can also be extremely deadly. It's terrible. Now, really. obviously, but. this is pre uh, the nuclear bomb and Chernobyl, so we were we we're still in the early days of understanding what it was to do to us. Yeah. But the radium girls, bless their hearts, for dying for the cause. They taught us all that <laughs> radiation is not something to play around with. Yeah, quite literally. Yeah, you don't. Don't put uh, radioactive things in your teeth. Don't put it on your junk. Yeah, don't uh, do any of that. Probably just stay away from it. I would recommend that at all costs. Uh, even as far don't get an x-ray unless you really need it, you know? Dude, I learned, like, while researching this, that, like, the people who first came up with the x-ray, like, uh, pretty sure they, like, toured it around the country, like, showing people how it worked. And so they were, like, x-raying themselves, like, three, four times a day. Yeah, well, They that, died, like, super quickly. It That's, was... You can't do that too often. Like, a couple x-rays in your lifetime is still, like, not good, but, like, sometimes you gotta do it, you know? No, I... I it's funny, because I... We must have looked at the same thing, because I came across that also. I... I... Correct me if I'm wrong, I read that as... It, Thomas Edison created the x-ray machine... And it was his assistant that had suffered all the damage because he wouldn't do it to himself. Because <laughs> he fucking knew how dangerous it was, so or maybe it, suspected. I what I had read was that Thomas Edison and his assistant, his assistant would X-ray his hand multiple times like a day, and eventually his hand had to be amputated because it was so disfigured. Holy shit! And he almost lost his other hand. But they stopped previous to that happening because they were like, all right, maybe it is the X-ray. Maybe it's the X-ray. <laughs> so if you needed another reason to dislike Thomas Edison, he almost killed his assistant yeah. in the name of X-ray technology. Jesus Christ. Didn't he kill an elephant, too? He, like, electrocuted an elephant to, like, I think so, show yeah. that he could or something. I learned it on Bob's Burgers, I think. <laughs> me, too, and I looked it up. I was like, that's real? Are you shitting me? That's too funny. But, yeah, so 
it's it's nothing to play around with. Now, obviously, nowadays it's 2021 as as we're doing this episode, we're much more aware of these things and we're able to kind at of at least a little bit. Yeah, 35 years after Chernobyl. Yeah, we're we're sort of able, and I say sort of because we're never totally able to control and understand how these nuclear things work, but. We're getting better, and we're using it for good and not evil at the moment. So that's at the moment. That's isn't a positive. That, yeah, that's just kind of what you gotta go for. It's mm-hmm. just uh, it's here. May as well try to use it for good. But yeah, it is. That's like the crux of what we're dealing with now. Uh, I don't know if we said this yet, but this will be a two-part episode. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, because uh, there's believe oh, it or not, there's a lot of shit on Chernobyl. Oh there's, yeah, there's a ton of stuff to talk about and, and we're, we're just gonna gonna get through the facts what happened all like the you know the day of exactly. sorts of stuff we're gonna break this down for you we're gonna tell you why you should never be around a nuclear reactor if you have an opportunity to not be around one yeah maybe go the other way and why i just just why a lot of things is what you're gonna be asking yourself we're gonna be answering a lot of whys <laughs> all right so why don't we why don't we let's, take this opportunity to dive right let's in? get right the fuck in there all right so uh the chernobyl disaster was a nuclear mishap that took place near the ukrainian ssr city of pripyat 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 on we are from set- ukraine yes like yes, ukraine. holy shit Dude, Ukraine is its such a cool name for some reason. You come to Ukraine. Yes. Ukraine. You come to Ukraine. I, I can't do a good Ukrainian accent, but I feel like I try and it makes me happy. <laughs> you come to Ukraine. It's a really fun accent to do. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, the new nu- it's a nuclear mishap that took place uh, near the Ukrainian SSR city of Pripyat on Saturday, April 26th of... 1986 all right during which a uh, the reactor number four of the chernobyl nuclear power plant exploded multiple times during a simulated power outage safety test ultimately resulting in the worst nuclear disaster in recorded history to this day okay so let's take a time out right here for a second and just i realized that was a very long sentence i'm sorry oh no not because of that i it's just because i want to i just want to reiterate how ridiculous this that this happened during a test uh this was a safety test yeah this was not meant to be some sort of Jumping into the deep end type of situation. Uh, Savior, we're going to put yourselves in a bad spot and you're going to get out of it. No, this is just a test just to make sure that, you know, everything could be done the way they thought it could be. And the way it should be done, yeah. And they got the answer to their question in the worst possible way you could get the answer. It's like asking the question, if I put a slab of baby back ribs on the grill for 35 hours are they gonna burn and they did that and then on hour 34 they were like we ruined the barbecue yeah it's like you know what has to happen for that to be good is the the fucking grill can't be on yeah which is what they were trying to do is some sort of simulated shutdown but you get you got to start there they burned the proverbial ribs that were and you can't burn ribs who the fuck is gonna waste ribs oh Very irresponsible people. Ribs are so fucking good. They're the ultimate meal. I love a good rib. Uh, That has nothing to do with Chernobyl. But it's a good comparison because these guys, they overcook the ribs and they ruin the barbecue. Don't overcook your ribs. 
But yeah, dude, it was fucking crazy. Uh, until Japan's Fukushima nuclear disaster in uh, 2011, uh, Chernobyl was the only nuclear disaster rated at a 7 on the international nuclear event scale, which is the maximum severity is a 7. Why a 7? I feel like every other scale is like 1 through 5 or 1 through 10. So to me, naturally, I'm like, if this is on a five scale, yeah, obviously it's really bad. It's a seven. Like this is above the scale, <laughs> but on an, I would just assume well, it's a seven, so the scale's out of ten. It's not as bad as it could be. Well, this isn't like the Spinal Tap of like gauges. It's like oh, this we're gonna say this one went up to eleven. Like no, it's that's what it <laughs> we still been. need to use the scale. That we, they this made. one's a seven. I'm I'm thinking that's not that bad. I'm at least it wasn't an eight. But then I find out there is no eight. It, it's only <laughs> there is seven. no eight. It's, it stops at seven. Seven is the worst. But anyway, <laughs> see until Japan's Fukushima thing. This was the first and only time that it ever got to a seven. Any sort of nuclear disaster. Uh, so the total cost of the cleanup and safety measures uh, taken afterward ended up being 18 billion Soviet rubles, uh, which 18 I, billion rubles. Rubles. I've I've read that that comes out to 68 billion dollars in 2019, like U.S. dollars. Um, but I actually went on and like put it into like an exchange rate, like inflation calculator, and it came out with a drastically different number. <laughs> Let's see. What, what was, the, was What's the number again? It was eighteen billion Soviet rubles. Okay, eighteen. I'm gonna. I'm looking this up for us. All right. You continue. I I have uh, the number that I came up with on the cal- uh, like uh, inflation calculator that I used, and it is two hundred and forty three billion two hundred and fifty three million seven hundred and thirty four thousand eight hundred and sixty four dollars and eighty eight cents in today's u.s money all right i think that's correct i'm about to figure this out right now the 18 billion is such a huge fucking number <laughs> it is and now it's like oh even dude 18 billion in the rubles 68 supposedly in 2019 dollars but now is inflation that bad because we're up to $243 billion. Wow, that's a lot of money. Isn't it so much goddamn money? Anyway, this was a very expensive accident, all right? And uh, it's, it's fucking bonkers. So uh, the total death toll, however, not just price, you know, uh, human lives matter too. The whole death toll from this historic disaster came out to be approximately 31 people. Okay. All right. I mean, and that was just due to the explosion itself, like, and like two people died in the initial explosion, and then people in the following weeks started dying from acute uh, radiation sickness. Yeah, see, I'd so rather die quick. in the explosion, and I think yeah, everyone so. in the world would agree with me that that's that's if you have to pick one, that's the way you want to go. Definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, however, the toll uh, was later adjusted to 60 due to radi- radiation-induced cancers. Um, and there's still, like, a lot of people suffering from long-term health like uh, problems due to the disaster. And that ultimately results in their death. But this number is estimated to be between four and 16,000. Yeah, that's that. see, that's a number that I would... When you see, because th- that always throws me off, especially when we started researching this. It was like only thirty people, but then you start to read and 
understand you're like, what they're oh. talking about. You're like, oh. <laughs> you're like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. Oh, yeah. That didn't just kill everyone immediately. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? We're getting ahead of ourselves already. Because so let's talk about like how it happened. Let's talk about what, yeah, what the fuck exactly happened. Who, who gummed up the works? Who you know, gummed what, it all up? What happened here? Something happened that was bad news for everybody. It's true. So, uh, the Chernobyl nuclear power plant consisted of four RBMK-type nuclear reactors. All right? Two of these reactors were installed in the 1970s, all right? And the other two were installed alongside them in 1983, okay? So, just a little lay of the land southeast of the plant. Uh, an artificial lake was put in for a convenient source of coolant for um, the reactors, right? And about three kilometers from there was the new city of Pripyat, housing 49,000 inhabitants. And the town of Chernobyl was about 15 kilometers east of the plant, housing 1,200, no, sorry, 12,500 inhabitants. So, yeah, there's a, I mean, just put yourself Quite a few in people. perspective. There is a large amount of people in a relatively small area around this nuclear reactor. Um, in most instances, that wouldn't be an issue, but, you know, when something bad happens, then then you got problems, because now the population's not 500, it's a couple hundred thousand, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, these, these RBMK-type reactors, these are... These are Ribbons? 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 Yeah. Yeah, that type really of reactor. Really big machine K's. K's. The, le- the last one is just the letter K's. Yeah, that, I don't know what else it could be. I don't know what the fuck it stands for, but the, this specific type of reactor is very pivotal to the story. Uh, so these particular reactors used enriched uh, 235 uranium and 238 uranium. And apparently they're often mixed, like the, the two elements are mixed to kind of like counteract one another to okay. make it more stable and, uh, you know, manageable. Yeah, see, chemistry was never my strong suit, so even trying to research some of these things, I was like, oh, no, I was getting, like, PTSD. A lot of this is like, I guess I'll just write this down. Like, yeah, no, it <laughs> you know is. know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, hard, but... I don't know what the fuck. There's a lot of... Obviously, there's a lot of moving parts into a nuclear reactor. Very much so. It's probably why I don't work with them. Uh... But anyway, so uh, there are these things. They're called moderators, all right? And uh, they're used to slow down atoms, yet speed up reactions. Okay. Which is, seems very weird, right? Yeah, it that's, seems that's how it fu- That's how it's done. But, yeah, I guess in the world of science, that just yeah. makes sense. If it seems wrong in science, it's correct. <laughs> Isn't that just infuriating? But, uh, yeah, and the moderator uh, in the... RBMK's case uh, was graphite. So, you know, like pencils. Isn't that what... Uh, yeah, graphite. pencils graphite now? They always use... They're like, oh, a lead pencil? It's all graphite. None yeah. of it's lead. You'll lead die is, from lead. Lead is far too uh, bad for you. People are just eating their pencils. Uh, water was used as a coolant, uh, which both removes and creates steam, ultimately powering it. Yeah, see, so in a perfect world... Nuclear reactors are ideal because they're, in a way, they're self-sustaining because the things that you have to do create heat. Heat creates heat. 
And then you cool that <laughs> oh. heat, creating steam, and that steam creates power to power the machine that starts it all up. Yeah. So everything kind of goes in motion, and it the coolant becomes the fucking power because of the power being put into the coolant. Mm-hmm. So essentially, this is why the idea of nuclear reactors were able to take off because they, in practice and in theory, they're very simple and they're very efficient and their output is enormous so it's like as much energy as it would take to make that much power nuclear reactors can do it in about half the amount so it's very theoretically it's a very good thing uh, except for when chernobyl happens yeah theoretically we use that term very loosely because theoretically this is a good idea yeah specifically this type of reactor is pretty much one of the only problems with what happened here because the rbmk type reactor has been known to like even at this time it was known to be like a cheaper and seemingly like a a new better way to get these like it's the dollar store nuclear reactor basically it's cheaper and uh the soviet union had 16 of them Yep. And there were four at this site, but uh, th- it was the only kind of reactor that the Soviet Union had. So, so later they were on, working. At, at they were point. working, but like it, as time goes on, you'll see why they probably didn't want to disclose as much information about how terrible this was. It's because like those, if they uh, if they got rid of this kind of reactor, they would have no nuclear power anywhere in the country. It reminds me of I'm thinking of it as like a DJ. But this DJ set like up Shaq or all Paris of their Hilton? equipment with just YouTube clips on like life hacks. So <laughs> all their speakers are just like tubes of fucking paper towels that they yeah. cut a hole in, and like the party just sucks. It's but just it's their like, phone that they put into a large metal bowl to make it like a speaker system. And like they're not gonna like announce over the fictional PA system like we made a mistake and we left our equipment at home. They're going to just try to keep the party going, and that's what Russia did. I imagine they would make announcements through, like, a a cup with a string on it attached to a huge, like, drum above their head (laughs) or something. Hello, everyone. Can you Is this working? I have to hold the string taut. Everyone's like, I can't hear you. It's like, (laughs) shut up right there. Everyone be quiet. Everyone be quiet. It's a real... It's not a flimsy operation. It's just a... It's a cheaper, less safe... Operation. I guess a good way of putting it into human perspective for day-to-day people, it'd be like getting a a dog, okay? So you buy a dog, but you bought a Rottweiler, and you're putting it in a pen that's made for a Chihuahua. It's not going to thrive. It's like know? wearing a seatbelt made of red vines, you know? It's yeah. like... It- Sure. They're dealing with It'll something be very dangerous, and they're <laughs> doing work. it in a very cheap and flimsy way. And yeah. So, yeah, we're going to do it. It's fine. It'll work. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, I let's get into the day. Okay? Let's get into the goddamn April 26. day of 1986. So, this all occurred at uh, 1.23 and 40 seconds in the morning. All right? That was the exact time. That all this started to go down. One two three four. One two three four zero, a.m. And um, so, a safety test was to be conducted. That uh, in past years, through multiple attempts on this very reactor type, the RBMK, it had been attempted multiple times. This specific test 
it had always produced negative results. It never worked. Never. Never, this safety test. Uh, so the test was to see if in the event of power being lost that the reactors could continue functioning and like cooling themselves, etc. And in an attempt to ensure like uh, success and safety, three diesel generators were also hooked up to the core as an extra cushion against disaster, you know. Uh, one problem with these generators, though, that we'll find is that uh, they each took about 60 seconds to get up and running. Okay, that's... Those are all very not, pivotal seconds Yeah, those are in the situation for nuclear disaster. 59.9 extremely valuable seconds that could have yeah, saved it's lives. Like, it's like, oh, but we have three of them. It's like, they're all going to take the same amount of time to start. Mm-hmm. It's, not like, it's not a quantity thing. But anyway, uh, so the whole plan was to see if, in the event of a shutdown, that uh, the still spinning yet slowing down turbines of the reactor could continue the process of producing the energy it needed to keep itself cool long enough for the diesel backup generators to fully become operational. Okay. Okay, so it was basically like, let's see if we can line all this shit up. We think we have it right this time after the fifth fucking time throughout all these many years. So that was the whole deal. And the test was set to take place at an earlier date. So it was like the day before. Um, And it was to be ran by a very specific team of individuals during the afternoon shift. And they were all familiar with all this shit. They they knew what they were doing. Everything was going to be all right. However, the test was postponed due to another nuclear plant uh, in the country not uh, producing enough power. Like shutting down in a sense. That's that's a bad, bad. You know, intro. everyone's coming home from work, mm-hmm. and they're all going to be watching TV, listening to radios, have all their lights on in their house. There's going to be more Let's need go, for power in the afternoon. Let's they shut can't it down. Sh- yeah, Let's shut it down. They can't shut it down, Grant. They can't shut it down. Uh, so it was postponed. Uh, it the the test in in Chernobyl was to take place um, that night. Right? Like we said, one twenty three and forty seconds AM. Ah uh, yes, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That's when it took place. That is like an oddly perfect time for it to happen. Isn't it crazy? It it's too <laughs> good. It'd be better see, I'm a twelve thirty four type of person just because I think that's It's way more satisfying. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if for a situation like you can't really, you don't ever want this to happen. But yeah. if it's going to happen, you want it at a time like. Can you this. imagine if it happened at like twelve thirty four and fifty six seconds? I, I would. Truly I would almost believe, not question. I'd be like, this had to happen. There was no. <laughs> I would truly <laughs> was no, believe uh, that know, we are in some it. form of simulation, and that Definitely. everything is done as a joke, and that was just a big. It was like, ah, we're going to delete this one. Boop, and it was like, ah, we hit it at the right time. <laughs> Nuclear yes. fire. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the uh, the whole test on this reactor was uh, postponed to the night shift, full of people that were not uh, not very familiar with the test or the equipment, at least as much as the people who were going to do it in the evening previous. But before this delay occurred, uh, the reactor was already being primed for the shutdown. So, by the time that the delay was officially enacted, the reactors were already set to produce significantly less power than on a normal day at the old nuclear power plant. Okay, uh, They remained at this reduced uh, power level 
for an additional roughly like 12 hours uh, due to the due to the delay and mm. this had a lot to do with uh, what happened so the reactors ultimately didn't have enough time to cool off despite the extra time and the RBMK type reactors at this time uh, it was it was thought to be you know like i said the cheap uh, slicker way of doing stuff you know <clears throat> nuclear energy wise However, it's pretty much from this disaster, it's known to be a trash reactor. Um, and like I said, probably why the Soviet Union was not very keen on admitting uh, to a lot of wrongdoing here, because that's all they had was RBMKs. I mean, yeah, I kind of, as much as you want to blame them, uh, it's hard. I mean, you know, you, you, they made a mistake. Uh, a tragic mistake, but it's also like, they're not going to come out and just be like, yeah, we really shouldn't have made that decision. We should, we really fucked everyone up. Yeah. So I get it. Uh it's, it's not okay, but I get it, you know. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of Russia would have very much preferred that uh they kept the right guys on the like testing floor for the test. Oh yeah, I mean. You know, they they would have probably rather had that with the blackout for maybe a couple days than what actually happened. Yeah. I'm just venturing a guess. I think your guess. I think it's a safe one. Well, thank you. So uh, let's let's get into this. Uh, at the top, on top of the, uh, the the faulty equipment, there was a fair amount of personnel fault as well. Uh, automatic shutdown mechanisms were disabled before the test was conducted, and by the time the shutdown was manually done, the reactor was violently unstable. Violently, you say? Violently unstable. This instability was due to a positive feedback loop of steam bubbles ultimately making the reactor more reactive as opposed to the decrease in reactivity that they were going for, resulting in a positive void coefficient. Oh, yeah, your classic. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows what that is, right? Classic positive, uh, void, positive <laughs> void coefficient. Yeah, that. You know, that happens all the time. Sure. <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens? You get a positive I, like, have, void coefficient. I have a rough <sighs> idea of what all three of those words are separate from each other. But when used in one statement, it's a very... It's a very different thing you're dealing with. It's, it, ooh, it is just... That is a mouth burger. That's what that is. It's too much. Yeah. So, so in uh, it, keeping the uh, time of the episodes in mind, you go ahead and look that up, uh, you guys at home. Cause it's going to be way too long to explain that. But, uh, so yeah, there, it resulted in a positive void coefficient. Uh, for the test... The reactor should have been stabilized to about 1,000 megawatts. And at the time of the test, however, the reactor was at about 30 megawatts. And because of this, the positive void coefficient became dominant, causing panic in the personnel who then started raising the power back to the uh, normal between 700 and 1,000 uh, megawatts. By disabling the automatic regulators and manually freeing the graphite-tipped boron control rods. God, this shit is so You see, it's so goddamn boring. boring, but it's so exciting at the same time because you know what happened afterward. It, it's, 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 we're kind of explaining... It's like, people like us, which is why this happened. We're just like, yeah, 
the boron uh, you tipped. The boron levels we got low the graphite tipped boron pencils rods we need more megawatts like i don't know what it's i'm like, saying sir <laughs> you are not qualified for this position it's like i know i know man get me out of here you're, pay- you're paying me too much money for me to not know what this is <laughs> And so the control rods, they had the, uh, what was it I said earlier? It was uh, fucking the moderators. The moderators were graphite and boron. And like I said earlier, they they uh, they slow down the atoms, but they speed up the reactions, so it's all like contained and all that. Great. That's fine. It's said that 30 control rods are needed to successfully do this, like bring the reactor to a safe shutdown. However, uh, they only had eight. That's not enough. That's that is, not eight. Is not thirty. That's nowhere near the right amount. That's roughly twenty-two less than you need. So there is an increase in coolant flow, right, resulting in a drop of steam pressure. That's not good. Which would have set off an automatic shutdown. However, this feature was circumvented, forcing the personnel to in, like have entirely. It, they were completely under control of this. But it was all manual, so they had to do it all themselves. Uh, they controlled a still-functioning reactor. And then uh, they removed the remaining control rods. They just took them all out. Like, get them out of here. We don't need these just like, we, control maybe rods. Maybe we don't need these. Fuck these. We don't want them. Get them out of here. Get the boron in here. Yeah, yeah. So the, the reactor is now massively unstable. They probably shouldn't have done any of the stuff that they did. And the operators were making adjustments every few seconds. So basically, they're like keeping this thing from exploding based on like feel for the dials. So it's like, all right, this one, yeah, it's, like, about it's just complete degrees. jazz music of nuclear science. We're just going to turn this knob. Yep, that's, that's it. That feels like the right <laughs> This feels spot. like it's fine. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, it was massively unstable. They're making adjustments every second to every couple seconds. And at the same time, coolant flow was reduced, ultimately uh, producing more steam. So now steam pressure, which resulted in a power surge of roughly 100 times the normal power output, just happened. No, we don't know okay. why they uh, like got the coolant flow down. People think it may be because they wanted to get the power level back up. But ultimately, we don't know why they made that decision. Yeah, that is, that is a good point, because it's like they're... In a way, they could have tried to get the power to go up, therefore bringing the cooling property down. But I guess, in hindsight, uh, what's more important, you know, cooling off the reactor or increasing the power? I don't know. I have no I would, fucking clue, but I mean, they I would, picked the wrong one. I would assume <laughs> they did. in a situation where you're having potential meltdown issues... You might be more focused on the cooling aspect of the operation than the actual power presentation of the operation, if that makes sense. Hey, man, you got to get that raise. You got to you got to pull through for the company. That you, I guess you, you have do. to persevere. You got to save the day. When, you know, everyone's a hero. <laughs> you have to save the day until Chernobyl happens. All right, what do we got here? Uh, yeah, that huge power surge about a hundred times the normal. Output of power. This all resulted in a steam explosion. So that's it's something like that I learned. I was kind of I was surprised by that. I didn't know 
that it was just steam that ex- that like caused the explosion. I thought it was some crazy chemical thing, which in a ter- in a sense it was, but it's like, oh, it was just steam and it, pressure. It's like that Peter Gabriel song, Steam. <laughs> it's exactly like I don't that know what song. it's about, but I know it's, it's a weird song. It's, it's about good. steam, man. It's about steam. But uh <laughs> Yeah, so it's steam explosion. It destroyed the reactor's core. Reactor number four, specifically. That was the core that exploded. And uh, it was followed by a second explosion mere seconds later. That's never a good thing. Isn't it crazy? When one explosion is immediately followed by another one, that's a (laughs) big issue. Something's wrong. That's a big issue. Something's very wrong here. Uh, It's not known 100% what caused the second explosion. However, it is... Uh, theorized that it was due to hydrogen and oxygen interacting with the elements in the initial explosion. I don't know. I don't know a lot of this. I guess so. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. It's as good a guess as any. If I mean, a nuclear reactor is about to explode, I bet you there's a couple things that could explode inside of it, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm not going to take a stab at which one I think it was, but I guess it makes sense that something would have exploded. Yeah, there's going to be some explosions. Uh, so two workers died in the initial explosion. One immediately, the other one later on in the hospital just due to complications. I mean, he was in an explosion. All right. So uh, about 300 tons of graphite, um, that was ejected into the uh, into the air from the explosion, starting multiple fires, uh, resulting in a majority of the main release of radioactivity into the surrounding environment. Okay. So this thing is blown. So now... All these things are just gone, and there's just radioactive fire. Yeah, now we now we have real bad news. Uh, just really bad. Very bad Not news. only was there an explosion that is going to take a massive hit on the economy, just for the sheer size and price of what it is, but what the things inside of it are now leaking out, and they will kill you if you get close. Very much so. And uh, they were very concerned about this. In fact, the world was very concerned about this. But um, Apparently, 200 to 300 tons of water, uh, it, after it initially happened, uh, were then circulated through the still intact half of the uh, reactor that exploded every hour. So 200 to 300 tons of water every hour. And this was up until they ceased it due to fear that it would flood the remaining reactors. But uh, between the second and tenth day following the explosion, 5,000 tons of boron, lead, sand, and clay were all dropped onto the burning core by helicopter, attempting to put it out so it could like stop the release of the heavy oh. radioactivity going on there in the air. I guess it's not a bad idea. You know? It isn't it's a like, bad idea. We'll take but a I stab did, at it here, I guess. I did see a thing that was like, yeah, they were telling us to go over these things and like drop our loads, but uh, they didn't want us hovering there. So like the first people were, were just hovering there, dropping the stuff and leaving, and they were getting highly radiated just from the smoke, just from being above this fire. So then from then on, they were just told to kind of like keep going and release as they went. But that that just extended the whole process because no one could be accurate with that. Yeah, that is hard. To and so it drop saved a lot of lives, but it wasted a shit ton of time. <laughs> so, so it might have like, actually. I don't know where the like where the scale falls on that. It might have actually killed more people uh, because of that, but we don't know. Yeah, 
it it might have been <laughs> it might have done that but uh so, so nothing like this had ever happened in history so in turn like there's no protocol for dealing with it um the reactor exploding led to the brutal death of uh roughly 30 operators about 31 i think it goes between 30 and 31 from everything i've read yeah I, it either I, says one or the one or the other but uh, yeah, uh, roughly thirty operators, as well as firefighters, reacting to the initial fires, who didn't know it was radioactive. They just knew there was a fire, so they were just fighting it mm-hmm. like they do, with like little to no protection. So they all got fucked up. Uh, so two in the initial explosion, they died. Right? We talked about them. The lucky ones. Yeah, and then uh, the other ones, uh, they it was just due to acute radiation syndrome. Which is basically when the body cooks itself from the inside, pretty much melting. Like the same, it's the same principle as like a microwave. Like heat yeah. is just vib- the vibration of cells. Ooh. And when this radioactivity goes into your body, it basically vibrates the cells in your organs like apart. Yeah, it it's bad. It causes severe, severe damage. Uh,. I mean, anything from minor radiation burning to full-on skin loss, uh, openings in the skin. Uh, I I didn't know this. Apparently, it does things uh, with the sinuses as well, uh, and it can fuck up your mucus and like destroy your throat and just Isn't burn. That fun? It, yeah, like it it destroys almost everything in your body. Really quickly. I mean, it kills almost all organic material, and you are nothing but organic material. Yeah. So you know whether it's quick or or long, it uh, it really hurts. Oh yeah. From what I've what I've uh, come across, apparently I mean, ooh, there are videos that you can see online that are. We just watched one right before we started recording. Yeah, they're <laughs> horrific. It, was, it put me in a mood, man. They are horrific. But, I'll uh, tell you that. Yeah, and. Dude, there were a lot of cases of it. Like 134 cases of this syndrome were uh, were confirmed on site, and of those people, 28 died within weeks, and 24 more workers died in the subsequent years. Though it's said that there's no proof that their death was directly caused by the accident, but I mean, like, come on, we know. Like, what do you what do you mean? These people died within a year after this happened, and it. You're saying it wasn't because of that? It's unrelated, but they did die. Yeah. Horrible deaths. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people in the surrounding areas, like towns and stuff, I mean, there were pretty much every town, like Pripyat and uh, Chernobyl, they were all evacuated uh, by 11 the next morning. And they thought they were going to be gone for like three days, but they just never came back. But in any case, uh, people in those surrounding areas didn't suffer from ARS, uh, but they instead were soon after diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Many, many people got thyroid cancer. Yeah, it's kind of like Vietnam, how like, yeah, maybe Agent Orange didn't kill you, but now you have cancer and it's 1980, you know? It's like, well, it definitely didn't help. No, it didn't. So, this, pretty much what we're dealing with here is a lot of mistakes were made. We could say that. A lot of user error. Um, Mistakes were made, and people were obviously hurt in the process. Now, what does this mean for us today? 
Well, the land is still abandoned. Supposedly, uh, there are people that live in the outskirts now that kind of can go in. It's not particularly uh, poisonous to humans, but it's... Some areas more than others. Yeah, you know? like if you... When, they, when people say, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go visit Chernobyl, you're not going to where it happened because... It's a tourist destination, though. Oh, like, yeah, now There's a lot of, uh, like, there's tours that go through it. It's it's actually pretty crazy. And, you, yeah, it's... it's We're getting there as far as radiation. We're getting there. Uh, it's getting better every day, believe it did, or not. <laughs> did you know... Uh, do you know, like, how many years they say it's going to take for, like, the land like in and around Chernobyl to not be radiated. Yeah, isn't it something like 200,000 years or something? I heard 20,000 years. Okay, maybe but I still, added a zero. Like, we've only, we go by 2,000 years. Like, that's when we that's yeah. when we started ours. That has to happen 10 more times for that soil to make plants that aren't fucked up. Yeah, so it is. That's it, a long-ass time. It is a really sticky situation, to say the least. Now, I'm excited to tell you this, because in part two, uh, which will be next Friday, we're going to be able to talk about some of the weirder stories, right? now. Get into the nitty-grit. Everything that has to deal with Chernobyl, is it's very shrouded in this weird... It's not a conspiracy by any means, but... It's always going to draw that type of attention because of what happened and how big it was, you know? Yeah. So, not only are there things that have to do with politics and the game of humanity, but there's also stories of mutated monster creatures and people. And there are actually people that lived through it that have told their stories. So, we're going to be... Able, we're gonna be really covering a lot of that. weird shit next week about that. Yeah. But we wanted to give you the background so you were more aware cuz the idea of Chernobyl it's it's very present in I think most humans nowadays. Yeah. Everybody's slightly familiar even if they don't know the story it's like oh yeah that's that nuclear like tower or yeah. whatever. And if you didn't know HBO is good at educating people. That is true. Yeah. That's I haven't a... started watching it but I think I'm going to watch it for next week's episode just to kind of Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because I know that there is some truth to some of the storylines in there like I know there is one um there's one storyline in there apparently with like a a woman who gave birth to a baby and she was fine but the baby was like irradiated and died within like 4 hours or something like that. So there's like sad shit like that. Yeah, I don't they're, know, they're man. Gonna make it But that... it's real. Like they have real shit that oh, yeah. that actually happened. No, it so I there's some crazy shit. Definitely say check it out if you're looking for the more I would say personal side of it, the people that were involved in kind of how yeah. how they handled it and what happened and they they really do a good job of just showing you that first-hand account of I guess what it would be like to be there or around it. Yeah, I mean, like I I realize I didn't like do much of a good job explaining how the reactors necessarily worked. But, I don't like, think we have to. But though. exactly, that's what I'm getting at. Like, I feel like the more interesting part of it is the aftermath and like those people's stories, the the effects because they're still unfolding. Like the effects of this are still very prevalent. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like that well. 
I mean, the uh, the U.S. and like all these different countries kind of band together to with it like very quickly after the um, the initial disaster happened, they built this concrete sarcophagus to surround the entire like exploded reactor mm-hmm. to kind of prevent more radiation from getting out. But in recent years, it's started to deteriorate so much that they're putting another sarcophagus on top of that one. Yeah, we're sarcophagizing the sarcophagus. Yeah, we're just going to keep building it out. This new one is, like, taller than the fucking Statue of Liberty. But apparently it's going to last another, like, 125 years. And every single documentary that I watched about this, there was a line that said, hopefully by then we can figure out what to do. <laughs> it's like, Pretty Jesus much. Christ. I mean, like, <laughs> that's really what it is. We're just buying ourselves time because we don't know what to do. And it's not saying that we're not intelligent. It's just that, I mean... We're not intelligent enough. To be completely honest, uh, as a species of animal, we played with fire and we got burnt really bad. And we're just... We can't really put that fire out, so we're kind of just trying not to burn down the house, you know? <laughs> Pretty much. we got to keep it contained. We're keeping it at bay until we can figure out how to get rid of it entirely. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe that will never happen. We don't know, but I like to think it will. There's got to be it's someone like, smart. It's like if your kid like put a lock on a, a door with a screen on it, and you can't get through but he also built his own homemade bonfire in the middle of the fucking... The, the living room. Yeah. And you yeah. just have to look. You're like, all right, what are we going to do about this? We have to... Maybe we cut our our house in half. Maybe build this up with concrete so maybe it doesn't burn. We have to what approach do we do? this with caution. That's all we know. Yeah, we got to put some more graphite in there maybe. But with all that being said, that is the episode for this week. That's Next pretty much week, the episode. we will be back with part two, okay? Now, part yeah. two is where we're going to get... Like we said, it's going to get real funky because we got some... There's going to be a shit ton of stuff. There's just wild stories on top of the already real radiation poison people that tell their stories of survival and death. Yeah, lots of things. And yeah, I mean, we didn't cover everything, but this would be like a six-part episode. Oh, God. Series if we covered literally everything. And I wouldn't have fun with it. I don't no. Know, no. I don't know was, if you would. I don't think the listeners would. This was perfect. I like. I see, the way I That's look at That's what this, you need to know. We're not scientists talking about Chernobyl. We're two people that are just telling you what happened. Yeah. Okay? Okay. And that's... Honestly, I don't know about you guys, but for me personally, that's the way I like it. It's very informal. You'll learn something, and now you have some more knowledge. You there know. You but, uh, yeah, we love you guys. We will be back on next Friday. On next Friday. That is we next week. are starting a cult. Yeah, that's Grand Up Jake. Feel, follow us on all the shit. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we also have YouTube. We have YouTube subscribed. There's also Patreon down below. You can click that. Become a patron. Uh, it's great. You have extra episodes. We'll give you a T-shirt. We'll draw you pictures. So good. Spread the word of the cult, Gomex. Again, that's Grand Up Jake, and we are starting a cult. That we are. We love you guys all very dearly. Have yourselves a great week. Yeah. Bananas. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.